Windshield time again. It's your host, Neil McCormick. The only podcast slash radio show actually recorded on the daily commute. The soundtrack is WMOT 89.5 in the Middle Tennessee area. You can search it, Roots Radio. Again, never a bad song. Uh, today is January the 31st, a Thursday. <clears throat> kind of unique show today. I guess unique in comparison to most shows that I'm doing. Most shows that I do is just musings from daily life and the commute and everything else of what goes what goes through my head. It never ends, man. And uh, so today I'm actually, um, after 11 years at... Uh, at my current job as a sales marketing manager, a little bit. I've, it, the positions changed over the last year or two, but for mo- for the most part, I've just kind of been a little bit of everything: janitor, marriage counselor, plumber at times, whatever needs to get done uh, at Yazoo Brewery. Uh, I'm on my drive-in today to put in my notice that I'll be leaving the company. Not an easy decision, and you know, uh, kind of. I, I guess the best approach would be to 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 do a show like this about it because sometimes, if not if for anything, it's the old Todd Todd Snyder, you know, uh, intro to his concert. It's like I didn't come down here to change anybody's mind about anything. I came down here to ease my own mind about everything, and that's kind of the thought process behind this. Is that I'm living after 11 years because I, I feel like I've just kind of outgrown it, you know, and uh, it's that weird thing that, uh, you know, you look back at 18-year-old is the one that set forth plans for the next 20 years, and it's like you wouldn't, at 40, where I'm at right now, I wouldn't consult an 18-year-old about the next 20 years, but it worked for the last 20. I mean, growing up in Arkansas, my Uncle Mike was a big home brewer, or when him and my Aunt Martha got married. She gave him a book on homebrewing, and he'd been in the military and traveled to Germany and so on and so forth. So pretty well traveled for the most part, but he, he uh, started homebrewing. And I remember, you know, I always drank Bush Light or Old Milwaukee's Best or whatever. But my Uncle Mike, you know, brewed some beer that I would just, it was just mind-blowing, man. It just just blew my mind. I, the only thing I can kind of compare it to is that scene in Dumbo, the Disney sh- the cartoon where Dumbo gets drunk. And you're just like, what is going on here? Just don't even have a point of reference. It's like the first time you ever eat Indian food, trying to explain to somebody the flavors of what you tasted. Like, well, it was spicy, I guess, but not like hot spicy. It was just, well, anyway. It's kind of what I experienced first time I ever had Mike's homebrew. I always thought, you know, it was the first wave in the 90s of craft beer. I was still a teenager and, of course, drinking illegally. But, hey, you know, I always enjoyed really good beer and always kind of stuck with this vein. And then when I moved out to Tennessee in 98, I was fortunate enough to hear about my old company, Lippman Brothers, and they had a small fledgling craft beer and import beer division. And I'm like, it just always was like, well, that'd be cool. That'd be awesome. So I finally got a truck driving job there and worked my way. I was expecting to be in sales for like five years before I finally got a, or being a driver for five years before I ever got a sales position. In like 30, 60 days, somebody got fired and they ended up putting me in a sales position. Did I know anything about any of the, hardly any of the beers? No. Did I know anything about sales? No. But hey, never stopped me before. 
So I um, took the sales position and then ended up getting a job in management, same thing. Didn't ever expect to get to that point. I mean, I was, listen, if I would have stopped there, I was 1,000 times more successful than I imagined I was going to be whenever I left Arkansas. Let's just put it that way. I mean, when I left Arkansas, I'm like, look, if I can get a job running a backhoe for like $12 an hour, that would be the shit. That would be the best thing on the planet ever. And um, never had to do that. So I was very fortunate at that point in time. And then started traveling and, and visiting breweries and talking to people. This is for the internet. It was so popular and you could search all this information for wet, for beers and shit. So you actually had to read books and go talk to people and drink beer and stuff. So I did that. And it was good, man. It was great. And that's where I met our owners of Yazoo, Linus and Lila. That was, you know, became really good friends and traveled a little bit together, Linus and myself, to different beer events. And finally they asked me to come on board in uh, 2008, early 2008. I was like, all right, I'm in. And uh, paid me, you know, what I thought was reasonable. And it was just, a, it was a job. There wasn't really a format. It was like, go do what needs to get done. And for the last 11 years from that point until now, it was, you know, I you know, kicked up all of our, you know, social media platforms and, you know, ran those and the marketing and the touch points, interactions with charities and events and touch points with anybody that, you know, any point where anybody could buy our beer. Answered every phone call, returned every email, text message, and, took as many meetings as possible. It was a good run though, man. I've had a really good run. Shit's been great. I have I have zero malice toward anything. It's just I uh quitting drinking about two and a half years ago for just obvious reasons, man. There's only I don't know. You can run at that pace. But after a while you just kinda like, alright. It's like going to the same amusement park. After the ten thousandth time you're like, yeah, this roller coaster isn't near as cool as it used to be and you gotta start doing other stuff to make that roller coaster enjoyable. That's kinda of the way it, it got with me being on the road and plus having kids and just found other stuff I really enjoyed doing more and you know, I guess I kinda of realized that the first part of it was, you know, living somebody what I thought was cool from somebody else's perspective and dream, but now I've gotten older, I'm like, eh, you know, it's been it's been good. It's I mean it's some amazing friendships and people and everything and do. I'm not dying of cancer or anything, I'm just moving on to go do my own thing you know i just think there's a lot more opportunity and stuff for my family and the freedom of wanting to spend a little bit more time with my kids but more importantly just wanting to build my own thing you know after i think i was figuring it out the other day after being in the uh, i think i figured it up I, i've been close to probably ten thousand bars or restaurants over the last if it's not ten thousand it's it's at least over five it's over seven i know for a fact bars or restaurants over the last 11 years and uh it's kind of given me a unique perspective to see what how many awful business people are out in the world and uh, how many people are bad at getting information out about their businesses and stuff like that so so i'm putting in my notice to uh probably work out a month or so if they'll let me and then um go and start my actually partnering with a, a buddy of mine justin um, at his company, Tallboy Marketing, and he's, he's doing some really good stuff right now. But we've been friends for 13, 14 years. It's funny whenever you're starting a partnership or joining one or starting one either way, the warning signs that people give you, you know, it's like, well, you know, if it doesn't work out, what are you going to do? And I'm like, well, it's not like we need a fleet of trucks. We need like a couple laptops, you know, and pretty much we'll sell in ourselves. But, I mean, everybody, it's like every other everybody sees all the bad the negative that happens i guess it's kind of like the news you know you never see about all the good shit you always just see the negative shit which i get it people want to kind of protect you from yourself but for the most part i've had all i've had pretty positive 
feedback from all the good folks around me. You know, it's, it, I mean, from the people that I, the handful of friends that I have talked to and let them know what I plan on doing and what's going on, you know. I don't know, it's just kind of changing your circle. Like I said, if you're the best person in your group of friends, you're around a bunch of dirt bags, maybe you're a dirt bag too. So, you know, I think it goes with the quitting drinking part, you know. I kind of cold out a lot of my really good for all the people that were solid friends regardless that our relationship wasn't predicated on us sitting in a smoky-ass bar drinking and doing dumb shit. But more like solid friendship. So, so it's good to have those people, man. I've been, I'm extremely fortunate. I'm extremely fortunate to have a wife that is very understanding and open and kind of gets it and willing to make a few sacrifices. And, you know, I just look back. I think in, in 20 years I'll look back and uh, realize I made the right decision. It's like anything, man. It's never good on the short term. You know, you, it's, a lot, it's not as easy as you think it's going to be. And I know today isn't going to be as, it go as easy as I think it's going to be when I sit down with our sales director and probably ownership too. But what is, man? You know, it's, I don't know, after a while, I think after you've built enough somebody else's dream, you start to look around and uh, you realize that, you know, maybe could you dedicate that much time, effort, passion to your own dream, whatever it may be, you know, whatever your dream may be. And, And it got me thinking about, like, how many of my ancestors or how many just people... Over the years, for me, it's not easy having three small kids, and um, it's not easy having three small kids. And you need to have insurance. You need to take care of them, and my, you know, for daycare and all those things, and you know, be supportive of my wife so we can go do the things that we want to go and do. But like for me, I'm very fortunate because I have more options than most, 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 like most people I grew up around or most relatives and shit. But I like. I wonder how difficult it. I mean, for those guys that work 20, 30, 40 years at the gas company or electric company or you know GE or you know hell, the guy that worked 40 years at the same McDonald's or whatever. I mean, it's like how difficult was it for them when they they by far had the best paying job to just you know. I would understand. I would imagine that's why so many just drank, man. It's like what what part of you as being a human is being fulfilled of getting up and working the same schedule five days a week, 50 weeks a year. That's if you get two vacations where you try to squeeze in as much as you can in those vacations. I mean, how difficult was that for anybody to go and start their own business? I mean, a lot of a lot of the entrepreneurs and people that we look at now, that's like the Warren Buffetts of the world and people like that that started back 20, 30, 40 years ago, it's like, you know, even like 30 or 40 years ago, like the 80s or the 70s or whatever, it's like, that was, that couldn't have been easy. Just from a mental standpoint of that couldn't have been easy. Because I imagine there's a lot more people around you that didn't take risks. There's a whole culture now of like entrepreneurs and, you know, guides you can find online and gurus and all this bullshit. But for the most part, I don't think it was really, it couldn't have been that easy just from a mental standpoint of going... I'm going to take this risk and walk away from the best job I ever had that there's 50 people standing in line to have that job and I'm giving it up to go try to build race cars or to start a, a hunting service or to start my own. Like When I was 18, I got out of high school. I went to work in Fort Smith, Arkansas for this metal fabrication shop for this guy named Andrew Gallback, and it's still open now. It's called American Precision Fabricators. And they specialized, specialized in being a metal fabrication shop that would whereas most people their tolerance when they make you something out of metal is like an eighth of an inch or quarter inch 
Andrew's expertise was down to like the ten thousandth of an inch. Very, very small tolerance. If it was outside that, then passed the test and we, we trashed it. But I remember him. I mean, I don't think he couldn't have been more in his like thirties when he left the best metal shop he'd ever been in to go start his own metal shop. You know, of a handful of people. Uh, I never thought about that. I need to call him. I haven't talked to him in years, but I'd, I'd like to call him and uh, just ask him, like, what was his thought and vision when he actually did that? It's been pretty interesting. But it couldn't have been easy for him in Fortsmouth, Arkansas in the 96 to go and do that, you know. But, again, I know it's not going to be easy, but, hey, you know, nothing in his life is, man. you got to go out writing a hot check. got to start somewhere, you know. I guess it, 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 I guess I keep the point I keep going back to is um, I know what it's like to be super juiced about what you do every day and to be super excited about going in and doing it and waking up in the middle of the night and wanting to do it and it, it not being hey, I live for this but just being excited about the people you work with and the projects you're working on so on and so forth and I haven't felt like that in a little while so it's just like the money is secondary to the, just the fulfillment side of it you know Worst case scenario, I'll just go get a, an assistant manage, management job at Sonic or something. I'd be the best Sonic runner guy ever. But, yeah, so that's that's what's going down. I got that meeting at 10 o'clock today in about 30 minutes. Pretty nice. Beautiful day in Nashville. Clear skies. Uh, no one seems to be on their phone at this point. That's always good. Always, I mean, I, every day. Oh, today's podcast brought to you by Service King. Service King Collision and Repair Service in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, right off the uh, right off the uh, Providence exit. Service King for all your scratch and dent. Have that unruly teenager give them a car and they're just banging the hell out of it. Well, Service King can take care of you right off the Providence exit. Beautiful Mount Juliet, Tennessee. Thanks, Service King, for being a sponsor of today's show. Um, whether you know it or not, we appreciate it. I doubt Service King will ever realize this, but hey, we thank you for your service. Uh, but yeah, man, shit's good. Things are really good. I don't know. I guess it's kind of embracing the uncomfortable part of things is the fun part about it, of knowing how uncomfortable I'm going to be and how uncomfortable my life is going to be for a short term. But, man, I, I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast the other day with Richard Rawlings, the guy from Fast and Loud, Monkey Gas Monkey Garage. No, it wasn't him. It was a How I Built This podcast about with the founder of Five Guys Burgers and Fries. And he's from northern Michigan. And he said uh, his mom told him if he always knew how to mix a drink, uh, cook a burger, or fix things with his hands, he would never go hungry. Check all those boxes off. I'm doing just fine, folks. So excited about it. Um, That's about all I got. Rolling on into Nashville. Oh, last but not least, Altitude Trampoline Park in Hermitage, sponsor of the show. Did take the kids there a few months ago, or a month ago. Really, really cool place. Charge you by the hour. You have to buy their socks for $2. I almost got red with the guy because he was like, you got to buy the socks somewhere. I'm like, dude, so I come into your place, I have to buy your socks? He's like, only two bucks a pair. I'm like, oh, all right, those are good socks anyway. The ones have a little rubber sticky on the bottom of them. But, um, Altitude Trampoline Park. Good folks. 
So that's all I got. Signing off from windshield time. Oh, yeah. Thanks to all the new listeners that are now listening. And thanks to Chris Chamberlain for putting me on your podcast listen list. Share with a friend if you enjoy it, folks. Follow along at the Neil McCormick on Twitter and Instagram. Bye.